Well, hello and welcome to the Edgewood 4G podcast. My name is Kyle Parks and I'm here with Pastor Brian and we're your hosts for this podcast. We're excited to be here uh, today, uh, Brian, and man, we have a lot to discuss about being salt and light in society. Kyle, before we go much further, you have a really resonant voice. (laughs) There's really something about your voice. (laughs) Is that right? Yeah. Keep going. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, But uh, yeah, I had the opportunity to preach this last weekend uh, from Matthew 5, 13 through 16. And I've always loved this passage. It's It's a favorite of mine. And all of the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, all of it is just so good um, and Jesus sharing that message and really just blowing people's minds with uh, everything he did but especially this this teaching from from here so that's where we spent our time um, this last weekend and uh, as I was going through um, the passage and just trying to pull things out show us what God's word is saying there um, what does this mean for us what does it mean to be salt what does it mean to be light how do we actually make a difference in mm. the world today is mm-hmm. is huge, but we should be making the world a more palatable place. We should be shining as lights in a very mm-hmm. dark world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also looking at, well, how does that start? Where does that begin? We must make sure our own relationship with God is, is good and right and true and ever growing. And uh, so we looked in and then also out. We needed to make sure we're viewing ourselves correctly, but then also our relationship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And then once we are able to do that well, then we can look outward. You know, we can be motivated all we want and um, feel like we need to go out and make a difference in the world. But if our relationship with God isn't right, if our relationship with our brothers and sisters in Christ isn't right, then we're not going to make much of a difference. That was a really solid part of your sermon there, just focusing on, are you living it? And then when you took us to Romans chapter 12 and going through that list as well. It, it reminded me when we we started this series talking about worldview. Mm-hmm. And so we could have a long conversation about different worldviews and the different glasses, the lens by which we view our world today. But if we're not fully surrendered to Christ, right? Mm-hmm. If we're not, remember that weekend where you know hundreds of people over the three services stood uh, yeah. to indicate that they were surrendered. And so I thought last week when I was listening to your message, I was out of town, so I, I listened to the podcast of it, because we do have a sermon podcast nice. now, uh, and I listened to part of it on Facebook, so it, it's cool. I appreciate Dave and Chad and how they have made uh, the the messages and now these podcasts accessible in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that struck me, Kyle, when you were preaching is Jesus is using two very simple metaphors mm-hmm. with profound truth behind yeah. them. Like salt to us, I put salt on my food because I like it. Mm-hmm. But in that culture, salt retarded decay. Mm. They didn't have refrigerators. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. so they, they use salt to preserve things mm-hmm. and... I mean, we do kind of, you open a can of green beans, there's a lot of salt in there, right? Yeah. But we don't think a lot about that because right. we have freezers and refrigerators and all this processed food. Right. Uh, but Jesus just drew some strong teaching from that. And and the same with light, right? Mm-hmm. If, if we're in this room, we're up in the mezzanine, there's a lot of bright lights up here. Um, and we have lights on our flashlights on our phone and that. But in that culture, there weren't street lights, right? right? And you walk into a home, you're looking for the, you know, the oil lamp. And uh-huh. if you didn't have enough oil, you you didn't have light. Yeah. And, 
Um, so when Jesus says that we're salt and light, you know, light dispels the darkness and, um, and, and salt retards decay, if you think about that, that's our role in society, which yeah. is what you brought out. But, but we can't do either of those well if we're not living it, if we've not looked within, if we've not looked up and made sure that, that we're living genuine lives that love Jesus and put him first. Yeah. Yeah. And so many people today have issues with uh, believers, uh, with the Christian faith itself. And I often say it's because they don't fully understand it. Perhaps they haven't looked into themselves. They haven't studied it well to see what the tenets of Christianity are, but also see Christianity's mark on the world throughout history. But if they haven't been been given any good examples of believers around them being salt and light, then yeah, they're automatically going to think that, that it's Mm. just another religion. It's just another group of people that say they believe in God, but live as if he doesn't exist and (laughs) do what they want, really. And so they might go to church and look all nice on the outside, but then behind closed doors or when they just go back to their workplaces, jobs, or school, they just kind of live like everyone Mm -hmm. else. And so this is a huge part. Being salt and light is such a huge part of uh, the Christian faith. It's being real, it's being authentic, it's uh, living as if it is true, because we believe it's true. And that just goes to the main point of the sermon, which was this, if the Christian worldview is true, then it must be lived out to help create a more flourishing society. And I often think about that. What would the world be like if Christianity had never gone to the ends of the earth? Oh, man. You know, what would our world be without it? Man. You know, I think back to uh, to salt at its core, salt makes people thirsty, mm. and we should be making people thirsty. And Kyle, you and I have talked about this. Sometimes the caricature of the Christian today is, is we're the angry mm. Christian, and we're angry about this and about that in our society. Now, mm. certainly... There are things that that stir us because we're like, this isn't right. right. But, but the the fact is, salt has to come into contact. I remember in, in a, a book by Rebecca Pippert <laughs> written many years ago called Out of the Salt Shaker. Okay. So if you just have salt in a salt shaker, it's not doing much good. You might know <laughs> right. where it is. So if you look at the church, where the salt we're we're in the church. Well, what good is that? Mm-hmm. Well. Not much good until salt comes in contact with with something that needs to be preserved. The same with light. Jesus said, don't hide your light mm-hmm. you know, under a basket, under a bushel, but let your light shine. And so it's really a call for us as Christians to not only know what we believe, make sure we get that right, know why we believe it, but then to be able to communicate it to others. And again, I come back to your message. Kyle, it was just done so well. We have to make sure we're living it because mm-hmm. if we're not living it, then people don't see the light. They're right. like, okay, you say you believe this and you say you have a Christian worldview, but but I don't see it in your life. Then then the message gets muted um, yeah. or even maligned, right? Yeah. So a lot of it comes down to our priorities. You know, we as believers, we should always be growing in our faith. If we are stagnant, if we plateaued, or even if we're backsliding then we're not good for anything. Mm. I mean, we're not good for anyone. We're not helping the cause of Christ. If anything, we're we're hurting it. So that's why I spent a good amount of time talking about our relationship with ourselves and other believers and uh, making sure that things that are coming into our minds um, from the world, from the culture, we are filtering those through a mind that is in Christ Jesus. 
So I shared things like the wisdom pyramid and the receive, yeah, reject, redeem categories to help us think through, um, are we spending as much time in God's word and perhaps with his people as we are on social media and the yeah. internet and consuming entertainment? Yeah. Um, I think that's just a good question to ask ourselves. I've heard of people who try to, hey, if I'm going to spend an hour on social media, then I'm going to spend an hour in God's Word. Yeah. We might have that idea of thinking, oh, that's a great idea, but how quickly does the time go away from us when we're just scrolling? When we're scrolling. But then when you're reading maybe for an hour, that can feel like a long time. Yeah, good Because point. we're just so, um, and all the things, the cultural message, everything, the way the world works today, it's just so ingrained in us, and we can lose track of time very quickly with yep. the way that the social media works. Just kind of this mindless scrolling. Yeah, yeah. It hit me some time ago that the the word amuse, mm-hmm. and maybe we mentioned this here. I know I mentioned it in our growth group. If you put the letter A in front of muse, muse means to think. Mm-hmm. Put the A in front, it means to not think. Mm. And there, there's a book out I read many years ago called Amusing Ourselves to Death. Yeah, Neil Postman. Neil Postman, yeah. yeah. And... And, and and I see that. And Kyle, while you were talking, my mind went to 2 Corinthians 10, uh, verses 5 and 6. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Hmm. Look at what is before your eyes. And... Um, I, I boy, we, we talked about this before, is that how do we reach a culture that thinks with their feelings? Mm-hmm. Um, and it just my own life, if if I think a thought, then I just start ruminating on it and but I'm not capturing it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's important for us as Christians to think, okay, where did that thought come from? Is right. that thought from God? Is that a biblical thought? Or is that a thought of fear or or whatever. And so, um, listener, it's really important when you have thoughts or feelings to go through a process like, is this from God? Is this is this something that's that's good and kind and filled with with good things as Philippians four talks about? Or am I allowing just like you're saying, like a challenge to parents, don't give your kid a phone without any without any caution yeah. or anything because we have all this like open access to our minds and so as a as a man thinks so is he right mm-hmm. it, it the more we think about what we think about determines how we live right so um, if we see God as a big and mighty God that affects the way we live our belief affects our behavior and so if we're not right. thinking good thoughts, if we're not thinking godly thoughts, we, we, um, well, we become anemic in our thinking, and then our behavior is just self-centered. Yeah. Yeah, so as believers, we have to look different. As I mentioned, we live in the age of distraction, and most people are distracting themselves from real and deep conversations. They're distracting mm-hmm. themselves from perhaps the the pain or uh, you know the suffering that they're going through this and they're not dealing with it they're distracting themselves from deeper relationships and conversations with people which is leading to despair I shared that as well yeah. and so many people are in living in in that kind of uh, mentality there's yeah. despair and we need to realize 
that the answers that the world is giving to these things is not helping. It's not helping people out of that pit that they're in. It's not helping them. It doesn't satisfy, does it? Right. There's no future there. It's giving them perhaps uh, momentary pleasure or distracting distracting them for a time, but at some point they're going to have to deal with reality, mm-hmm. and that's that's coming. And so we have to show them a better way, and we have to look different. We have to, um, as we are in the culture but not of it, right, we need to make sure we, we show people. We're not just going to completely hide from the world, right? God put us here, and, and this... Uh, and this place and the season you're in, the, the place where you work, your school, home, all of that for a reason. Uh, but how can we live out the Christian faith in our mm. context in which we live, mm. the place God has us right now? And we need to show the world a better way. Mm. Yeah, you. I want to hear you talk a little bit more about this, Kyle. In, in your message, you talked about three options. We can receive, we can reject, or we can redeem, and it's talking about culture. And that reminded me of something John, John Stone Street mm. said. Um, he offers four gospel-centered questions uh, for individuals and churches to ask about culture, and they, they really line up with what okay. you were saying there. Number one, what's good that we can promote, celebrate, and preserve? And there is good, yeah. right? Uh, number two, what's missing that we as Christians can contribute. Number three, what's evil that we can stop. And number four, what's broken that we can restore. Yeah. So um, so you mentioned receive, reject, redeem. I added another R, not surprising to you. <laughs> we can right. receive something from the culture and go, okay, this is good, and you got to think about it. Don't just accept it. Uh, the second one would be to replace. Yeah. What what can we do in place of that? And sometimes as Christians, in fact, we need to do this more than we do, is we need to reject some things. Right. Like, that's yeah. just wrong. But I'm very intrigued by that last one, like redeeming it. Mm-hmm. Um, so give me some more of your thoughts. Like, what was behind that part of your message? Right. Well, there's so many things in the culture in which, I guess, Christians engage, right, that you could put in the category of not neither good nor bad, right? So you have the things like um, sports, right? Mm-hmm. You have things like uh, movies, which there'll be different standards depending on um, different believers. Thing with, same thing with music, that kind of thing. And so perhaps you have um, a type of music or genre of music that um, perhaps the culture has taken and they've gone a different direction with it. Well, then believers come in and they can take that same type of genre and do something beautiful with it and God-honoring and uplifting. You can have things in sports like, you know, we could go to a game and enjoy that together, believers and non-believers alike, but then you have things like upward basketball where believers kind of come together and they they create a place where um, everybody is invited, everybody is involved, parents, and it's, for the most part, I think, there's good sportsmanship, there's prayer, yeah, there's things yeah. offered there. Yeah. So it's doing things that we do in the world and the culture, but then also perhaps giving another option or um, starting something completely new, like replacing, like you said. Um, and I think we see that in you know movies and, and TV shows. Obviously, there are certain things that we shouldn't be watching. There's some that some believers choose uh, to uh, to watch or view and others perhaps not. We kind of have that freedom there, right? 
um, as we see from Paul's writings and, and Romans. Uh, but then also just creating things, creating good content that I think if you're able to speak to both believers and non-believers yeah. Yeah. and it be redemptive, there will be messages of grace and forgiveness mm-hmm. and love. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge when a lot of the cultural message out there um, is nihilistic or it's hedonistic. Yeah. It's, it's stuff that there's no hope. There's no, there's no future there. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps, but perhaps creating something, oh, there is hope, there is meaning, there is purpose, and there is perhaps something pointing to God. Mm. That's really good, Kyle. Um, this is this reminds me of a conversation I had this morning. I, I meet with a group of pastors once a month. There are mm. about twenty yeah. senior pastors and we're all gospel preaching guys. And we were talking about deconstruction. Oh yeah. And you know, what's behind that? And it was a rich conversation and these these guys care about what's happening and um, and I know Kyle, you've done some some study on that as well. And it kind of comes back even to your message. Like if we're not living it out, that's one reason people quote deconstruct. They're yeah. just around hypocrisy. You yeah. know, like this doesn't work. Um, and um, but one thing that hit me as we were wrapping up today, how uh, our time with the other pastors was how important it is for parents to live out Deuteronomy chapter six mm-hmm. in their home. Because yeah. um, we often, we hear people giving the church a bad rap. Well, mm-hmm. the church didn't do this, the church didn't do that. And certainly there's areas that the church needs to improve, but um, it, it's so important for parents to be the primary disciple makers in the home. And and then I added just the importance of grandparenting, Yeah, right? That um, there's a grandparenting conference this week at, at Grandview, and I was just... Uh, just thinking, um, in fact, I read something in Gospel Coalition that retirement has become the new eternal life for people. Mm. It's like they can't wait to retire, and that they, they give so much attention to me time um, that they forget that you have a, an opportunity to impact the next generation yeah. uh, for Christ. And so it's to, to go back to these, you know, receive, replace, reject, redeem, it's redeeming parenting. Yeah. Parents, you're the primary disciple maker, and grandparents, your your call, your um, calling, is to evangelize and disciple your kids, and that's not easy when you have kids, grandkids that live in other states. But there's ways to do that, and yeah. uh, we'll be talking about some of that this weekend. Like yeah. how to fully live out this series is it's got to be lived out in the home, mm-hmm. and. And you were talking this last week about living it out in our own hearts, but it's got to then get fleshed out into the home. Yeah. Yeah, we have to live it out for um, uh, our own children, our own families. We have to be an example to them, and we're going to be deep into that this this weekend, really looking forward to that. Um, but before we get into that, Brian, mm-hmm. one more question I want to ask mm-hmm. about um, being salt and light is ways that we as believers can live out our faith on a daily basis. What are ways that you do that? What are ways that you seek to be salt and light um, and, and to a watching world, to a world that's looking for meaning and purpose or looking for hope, but perhaps looking in all the wrong places? Uh, I've just been thinking a lot about that as we... yeah as we seek to kind of wrap the series, ultimately want to live out our faith. So what are ways that we can tangibly do yep. that yep. 
on a daily basis? For me, Kyle, it all comes down to one word, intentionality. Yeah. When I'm intentional, and what I mean by that is when I'm praying for an opportunity, when I see somebody I don't know, when I observe, oh, that person looks sad, oh, my neighbor needs help getting groceries. When I'm intentional, I see God opening up opportunities all the time. Mm -hmm. Sadly, I'm often not intentional. And then I think about all the the opportunities that I miss. Mm -hmm. Um, So whether I'm at a coffee shop, if I when I go into the coffee shop and I pray, Lord, who do you want to who do you want me to talk to today? I almost always talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. But when I go in like, oh, I got to do this, I got to tackle my emails, I got to work on the sermon, (laughs) then I might not talk to anybody, right? So it's intentionality. Um, I think the, the, you know, Jesus said that when we do good works, um, God gets the glory, Mm -hmm. right? So um, so I think it's it's living on mission in an intentional way, starting in your home, then moving to your neighborhood, and then out to the nations. For for me personally, when we first moved here, I was looking for a way to get involved in the community. Yeah. And in my previous community, I got involved in Kiwanis Club, not because I have a passion for Kiwanis, <laughs> but because a bunch of people were in it. Yeah. And I got to meet uh, you know, different people. And, and here, I didn't want to do that route. And so the Lord opened up an opportunity to be the chaplain for the Missing Person Network. And, and I just praise him for that opportunity that's opened up some gospel conversations and see people um, um, in, in a really bad spot and be able to bring the, the light of the gospel there. Um, uh, I, I would say, too, for, for me is when I'm cognizant of the urgency of the message that people are dying without Jesus mm. and they need him, God has called me and us, all of us who know Jesus, to be his ambassadors and I want to be a good steward of that, yeah. Lord. I mean, I, I hear how God's using you, and Kyle, and I love here. The one of the most exciting things for me as a pastor is when Christians get fired up to live on mission, whatever that looks like, right? Whether that's serving at Youth Hope or or doing something in your neighborhood or being involved coaching a little league game, yeah. but you're doing all of that intentionally. Right on mission uh, for gospel conversations and for the fame of of the name of Jesus. Uh, Amazing things happen. Yeah, that's so good. And I would echo that, you know, Brian, I think there are opportunities every day that we miss because we're not being intentional. And so if we prepare each and every day, and again, we do this imperfectly, but I think you and I would both say what we would love to do this daily. We would seek to do this. Yes. But just you start your day before your feet even hit the ground. God, I'm all yours today. Mm -hmm. I'm here. Mm -hmm. Like, use me today. And in my best days, when I'm not rushing around, (laughs) when there's not craziness going on with the kids, and I'm able to kind of slowly start my day and and ask God to, to use me today, to be more intentional, to keep my eyes open, and to be alert there are definitely those times where I'm more likely to to help someone in need or to have a conversation with a stranger or to ask someone if they um, need prayer for something. Um, But it's often the days when I'm rushing around and things are going crazy. Look, I'll be honest, like this very morning, (laughs) 
<laughs> I was up, granted, I was up a little bit last night with two of the kids. <laughs> and so I'm getting over some sickness as well. Uh, but this morning at 7.48, my two boys came in the room and were like, Dad, we're going to be late for school. And Nadia, our, our, um, our exchange student, she has to be to school by 8. <laughs> so this is 7.48? It's 7.48. I rushed downstairs. I, I, well, at first I put on clothes. I rushed downstairs, got ready. We ran out the door. But it was like the, this whole morning was a blur. Yeah. Right, because of all of that. Now, that's not a normal day for but me. But that, that that's happens. Life. That's life. That's regular, everyday life. And, man... Uh, so I probably missed some things this morning. I didn't really know what happened this morning. I finally got here, right? <laughs> yeah, but you were faithful to your family. You right. Were taking care of that. So yeah, yeah, right. That's part of that. There's there's grace there. Um, but yeah, it is those days, though, and I'm being more intentional. I'm going to see those opportunities. So I think that's part of it, just always being prepared, but then also going and finding uh, opportunities to serve in the community. When there's a need, praying and say, God, is this something you have me to do? Yeah. Obviously talking to your, your wife, your, your kids, yeah. if... You know, seeing is this something that we want to do uh, as a family or as an individual? That I think hit we all. Me a year yeah. ago, Kyle, or two years ago, when Youth Hope was looking for mentors. So I get up and I'm announcing, "Hey, Youth Hope needs guys who are going to oh, yeah, mentor yeah. these students who are really in a tough spot. They right. really need men." And I remember making a passionate plea, and then I got home and I'm like, "Why?" Why am I not doing this? <laughs> right, right. So I've been doing it the last you're two right. years, and and I, but my first, I wasn't thinking that. So like right. you're saying, you ha- sometimes have to go after it. Right. If we just wait for it to come to us, that's yeah. that's too passive. We're to yeah. go and make disciples. Right. It's, it's to to enter into awkward conversations. I I said that in a sermon recently. If you're going to live out the Great Commission, you have to be committed to awkward conversations. Mm-hmm and blowback and people not being interested and sometimes people getting mad at you. Yeah. And those things, none of us like all of that. So some of us just kind of stay back and we end up saying, well, they know what I believe. Mm, well, yeah. we're called to we're called mo- to more than just making sure people know what we believe. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so I encouraged my groups this week that I was leading, you know, have a, a mission uh, out and the world, the culture, the society around us, in our community, have a mission of something that you're involved with, and um, you can do that kind of on a normal, regular basis. But then every day, just be intentional. God, how would you uh, have me be used today? And just being open to that. I think that's a great way to be salt and light and just always being prepared. Say that again. Have a mission, so go after something, yeah. and then in the normal rhythm of your day, be praying, Lord, who do you want me to talk to? Yep, yep. Yeah. Always be prepared for whatever yep. comes your way. So yeah. I think that's big, and and again, getting back into you know living out our faith in front of our, our families, um, I think that's, that's huge. We're going to be getting this next week, putting this all into practice. How do we pass on our faith to the next generation? And a big part of it, a huge part of it, is just being real, being uh, the same people that we, we say we are and the way we live out our lives um, at home. So, you know, we put on our best face and our best clothes when we come to church. But if that is not the same in the home oh, and, the, and the world in which our children see us on an every uh, day basis, then, then they're not going to they're not. They gonna have a radar it. for that, don't they? Right, right. They're going to be able to spot that and they're going to think this isn't real. This isn't even changed my my own parents' lives and hearts. And so this is a this is a big thing. And I think in part, this could be part of the reason we see people that um, 
do perhaps walk away from the faith, do yeah. deconstruct their faith, because unfortunately, just going to church once a week or whenever it was convenient wasn't enough for yeah. um, these these kids and teenagers who perhaps saw that it wasn't the most important thing to their parents. And I think related to that, when they do come to church and a church isn't addressing issues like mm-hmm. we're willing to address here, right, in yeah. student ministry and with Mainspring yep. and, and even, you know, in our weekend services, we... Um, people are like, man, I'm having these questions, and it's okay to have some questions and doubt, but they don't know where to go with them. Yeah. And they're like, well, my church never talks about that. Mm-hmm. My church never talks about truth or about reality or about sexuality, mm-hmm. um, and they don't know what to do with the questions, and then they're like, well, forget it. Yeah. Um, let me ask you a question, Kyle. Yeah. Um, we're talking about passing on the faith baton in our families. Um, there are some times in the growth of a child into the preteen, teen, and young adult years, it's very important to have good handoffs. Yeah. Um, otherwise, we, we see stats, right, of when people graduate from high school, their, their church attendance goes really down. What would you say from your experience as a pastor, and you've been a youth pastor, and now you focus on on young adults along with discipleship? What are some good ways to make sure that faith handoff, that baton of faith, gets gets into the next generation so that they can run their race? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. I think, again, being real with uh, your faith and and sharing that with your your family, and then letting them. Um, Ask questions. Uh, often I hear people in the past who, who are now struggling with faith is, well, I, I was never encouraged to ask mm-hmm. questions. I was never allowed to ask questions. It was just say, well, this is just the way it is. Or you just need to have more faith. You just need to believe. Allowing um, people to ask questions and, and seeking to give them good answers. And if you don't know the answer, to go find that answer or help them help them find it. So I think helping them to make their faith their own, uh, I mean, is, is huge. Walking alongside them through it all, making sure they're involved at church, whether children's ministry or youth group ministry, those types of things. Show them what's important um, to you by um, by giving them those opportunities. And it's totally fine to be involved with other things out in the culture and, and the world, right? There's different clubs, there's sports teams and all of that stuff. But make sure you show them that the most important thing is their their time in the Word, mm. their time in prayer, their mm. time with God's people, and don't let that be take a back seat yep. to something else, right? Whatever that is, fill in the blank. And then when it comes time to, perhaps if they're going off to college, they're starting the uh, the job, a, a new job, they're they're growing up, and you want to see them, you know, help them take that next step. I often. You know, when we have college students that are going to be going away to school, I help them say, okay, what kind of churches are in the area? What kind of young adults ministries are in that area? How can I help you get connected? Because as soon as you get there, you're going to have a hundred different things vying for your attention and your time. And if you don't get involved right away away. as a freshman, you're going to fill that time with something else. Because there'll be something else. And that's often when you can lose them or they start straying because... There's so many different new things, new ideas, new friendships formed, um, and new questions that are being asked and they weren't prepared for. So walking alongside them through it all, checking in with them, 
uh, through that whole process I think is huge. So I like on Sundays when I see students from Augie here at the nine o'clock service. Yeah. I try to always go up and just give them props because like you could be doing so many other things, but you made a decision to come to our early service. And we see that at Ambrose and community colleges as well. So yeah, that's a good point, Kyle. Yeah. Well, this weekend we're gonna have something that's completely unprecedented. We're gonna have a 15 minute message hey, from hey, Pastor hey. Brian. <laughs> represent that remark well he says 15 minutes because we are going to have a panel discussion with several of our staff members and so he'll you give that everybody timing this now yeah i know i know maybe we shouldn't have said that but you said it first so I did. anyways uh, looking forward to that this weekend brian and the panel discussion i think it'll be really helpful uh for people and so uh just want to thank you all for tuning in and being a part of this conversation I want to encourage you once again, as always, to leave a rating and review to help people to find this podcast and hopefully be encouraged by it. And that could lead them to the other podcasts that we have on sermons and other things. And so, Brian, thanks so much for uh, being on here with us today. And uh, left me solo last week. Right. I'm I'm glad I'm back. Yeah, I'm glad you were able to get away, though. You you deserve that break. But thanks, and we will see you next time.